My name is Paige O'Hara, the voice of Belle, and this is the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. like going on eBay and buying like the G.I. Joe VHSs like of people's like home recordings because you just did not have a way to watch these cartoons because they weren't even dropping the DVDs yet. Yeah. And it's like anything, anything you could do to rewatch these things from your childhood, you, you, you know, it, any price you pay. Absolutely. But now, you know, with with, with Netflix and, and, and all that, it, it really helps in reliving it. Here are your hosts, Jamie Green and Justin Connors. This is the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at the GBB Podcast, as well as anywhere where you can collect podcasts from. You fetch them from the is the cloud. Is that what we're calling it now? The internet. That's what the hip kids say. That's what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> How are you guys doing this week? Uh, well, since you're saying you guys, you should probably explain what that means. Well, we'll say hello. <laughs> Hey, this is Will. <laughs> so we have a special guest this week, Will. He took part in the interview. Um, and it's funny, I just assumed that uh, the, everyone listening could see our video. They could see us talking to each other. They knew that Will was here. You know, that's just how we roll on the podcast. And we just wanted to talk to you, the listener, for a second. We love having you here. And we're, we're me and Jamie have been talking, or Jamie and I, however you say it. And <laughs> we want to involve you more in the show and we're trying to figure out ways to talk directly to you so this is my attempt at talking directly to you we love connecting on twitter our twitter blew up well i mean blew up for us when and and wheaton tweeted that her and will were listening on their on their drive for last week which was crazy blows my mind um so it's really cool to get those conversations going. So if you are listening right now, I would love if you would go to Twitter and you can answer the question of the week. Since this show is about Voltron, let us know. Have you seen Voltron on Netflix yet? If not, were you a fan before and you're just choosing not to watch? Tell us why. <laughs> Give us your opinion. I want to know why you haven't watched it. And for me, I can admit, guys, I haven't seen it yet. I know. Ooh, what? I'm bad. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I know. Oh, man. I went in the living room the other day and Isaac was watching it and he's watched, he's burned through the, every episode that's on Netflix right now and he knows more about it than I do. Isn't that awful? He knows more about it than I do and we're doing a podcast. There's plenty of things just that my get kids him. know more about than, than me and that's not an, a problem normally, but come on, man. You, you got to watch this show. <laughs> All right, guys. So you interviewed some people from the show. Let's talk about it. What what happened in your interview? What did you discuss? Was there a party? Uh, it was a party. We 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 talked to three. Well, let's first back up and say way back before um, episode one, not episode one, season one even premiered. Uh, we had Lauren Montgomery and Joaquin Del, Dos Santos on the show, who are the showrunners, executive producers, and at that point, we didn't really know what the show was going to be like. The show hadn't 
premiered yet. I think we had seen, like, an, we got an advanced screener of the premiere of the, the, the opening episode. Um, but we just talked to them about background, like their history with the show, what they were bringing to the new series. Um, but here we are four seasons later, and uh, the show is like a phenomenon. Like it's got this following that I think probably nobody saw coming. I mean, they could say that like, oh yeah, I, I knew that was going to happen, but I, I don't think anybody really saw it coming. Um, the, online, the following is just huge. So the fourth season just recently dropped on Netflix. Uh, and we got an opportunity to talk to three members of the cast. So we talked to um, Reese Darby, who is the voice of Koran. Koran, the gorgeous man. And we talked to uh, Bex Taylor-Klaus, who is the voice of Pidge. And we also talked to Blake Anderson, who officially joined the season, uh, this, the show this season as the voice of Pidge's brother, Matt. Um, and Will came on to talk to them with me because Will is probably the biggest Voltron fan that I know. Um, and I'm just going to set you up with that, Will, and you can you can go from there. Sure. Um, so in addition to having interviewed Lauren and Joachim and Bex and Tyler before on my own outside of the podcast, I also do a lot of Voltron cosplay and prop making. I'm a cosplayer and, and prop maker uh so i do that too and yeah i i have made lots of voltron things and the show is awesome you, and i love the show too obviously <laughs> you gotta talk about your keith though because your keith is pretty awesome so i, I do have i have I, I started out with a regular keith but i have a beard and long hair and i don't really like shaving and cutting it off so i decided to make my own version of keith so that i wouldn't have to do those things because really i'm lazy so i, I made old man keith kind of like old man logan but uh, with a scar, cut up eye and an eye patch and long hair and a beard. It's like, you know, something about where the show is going. <laughs> I like to pretend it's from a future episode or an alternate universe. Since <laughs> that happens a lot in the, in the series. Um, but yeah, Justin, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to, to, to say that you're my co-host. Mm -hmm. um, if you've never even seen it. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even honestly, when I was young, I didn't even watch the original one. And that's mostly because we have like PBS style Canadian children's programming here when I was a kid. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance, go look up Mr. Dress Up. He was like our kid icon. Whoa, 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 He's like whoa, the Canadian Mr. Whoa, Rogers. Whoa, whoa, Mr. Dress Up? You know Mr. Dress I, no, Up? No. Do you know I, Mr. I Dress Up? I do not. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google it's gonna that get even later. Better. It's going to um, get even better. He had a, you, he had a thing called the tickle trunk, which he pulled the costumes. No, he did not. <laughs> yes, he did. And if you ever go to Toronto in the CBC Canadian Broadcast Corporation building, they have the tickle trunk on display. You can still go see it. He, I'm serious. He, and every Canadian knows who he is. He was actually an American, but he moved to Canada and did, did the show. The tickle trunk. You would be arrested today. <laughs> Dropping some bombshells, but he's he's literally the Canadian. I don't know if that's the right word. It's probably not the right way to use literally. Um, he's the Canadian Mister Rogers, but I mean that's hard to say that because he's Mister Dress Up here. He's an icon. Anyway, this is not about Mister no, Dress Up. But you I can feel like it should be now. All right, so more about Mister Dress Up after the interviews are done. So who is the first interview with Jamie? Who are we going uh, to? Let's start off with Reese Darby. Um, probably the most recognizable voice from the show. He is Koran. Koran, the gorgeous man. Um, and we, uh, it was, it was a blast. This one was, Will, you were not on this one, correct? No, I, I missed Reese. Yeah. So this was just me. So enjoy just me with Reese. 
I'm going to start off with asking um, a question that maybe has been asked a lot, so forgive me. But what was your first exposure to Voltron? When did you first become aware of it? Well, it's a funny one for me because um, I, I believe it's, it was written in the stars. You <laughs> see, when I was a kid, I had this very visual image of this show that I used to watch, but I didn't watch it regularly. I remember seeing it a couple of times. I had a, a busy uh, kind of after-school sporting career, right. but I remember seeing this cartoon, and, and then I never saw it again. And the only thing I remember about it was these cool pilot people with these helmets flying in these space ships but i weren't i wasn't even sure that i didn't even know they were lions yeah so i had this weird visual imagery of in my head i go man that was so cool and i never saw it again <laughs> and i just went through my life and and i often thought oh what was that show i got an, i i i got confused with other types of shows that were on in the 80s um but never knew the name of it and then and then of course you know when this show came about and i went down i uh auditioned for it but you know saw the artwork and straight away was reminded oh my gosh that's that that's that show <laughs> and so it kind of like it, it had come back to me so it was almost like it was a, it was my destiny to be to be in this show and it, it made no sense to me at all to why my my voice would be a requirement for a, a, a reboot of Voltron <laughs> um, but you know it it came to be and then you know they they cast me for various reasons and and then Princess Allura, uh, you know, came with a, a British accent. And then, of course, it all started to make sense. Um, <laughs> and here we are. Here we are, indeed. Um, yeah. Isn't it amazing, though, that, like, we, you know, I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but we're probably of the same generation-ish, that we grew up in a time when things really could just disappear like that. When we were like, oh, there was this show I saw once. And yeah. It just, you'd never saw it again. Whereas kids today have oh, no, totally. they have no idea what that's like because they could just go to YouTube and find anything that they want. Exactly. And, and exactly. And of course, the, even, even worse, being in New Zealand. So, you know, it wasn't, there wasn't repeats. Uh, there wasn't, uh, you know, it right. wasn't on, if it wasn't on a Saturday morning or for, if you missed it on a Wednesday afternoon, it was gone. You had soccer practice. That was it. That was it for that show. And you might, you know, various things would come on after school, or you'd you'd have to do various things. And and you know, and we didn't even we didn't tape things. You know, no. um, that came in a bit later. I remember sort of videotaping music videos, and, yep. but I never I never videotaped cartoons. You know, so <laughs> the only one I I had that constant. Know, uh, know of was the, the the Ninja Turtles, and then there was various British ones that we had. Um, but uh, and then of course you know Scooby Doo, and there are things that that got a lot of airplay, and, sure. and even you know going into your twenties stuff, you would flick on the TV, you could see these things. But but Voltron wasn't one of those no. in New Zealand. So I, I didn't even know it played, but I know it must have because I had that image of it, and I've since spoken to other. New Zealanders and even younger ones than me, and I'm I'm 43, and they and they say, yeah, I, I used to watch that show, I love that show. So I was yeah. kind of like, oh, okay, I must have I must have I must have had soccer practice every Wednesday or something, and only managed to see it once. But isn't that weird? What an impression that made, though, one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, just love I loved the aesthetic, and I think it was that whole anime thing that I'd never seen before because we didn't there wasn't too many or if any, yeah, um, of that kind of. That, that cartoons that had that look. It's it was so different from almost everything else that was on at the time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. When? How do you? How do you? Koran or any other character, how do you get into the headspace of that character when you're sitting down to, to play a character or to voice a character? I mean, do you have a particular a way of sitting or a breathing technique? You're like, okay, this is this is this character. I have to sit this way. Or is it just you just sit down and say the lines that you have? Well, no, it, it, it definitely gets into your blood because it starts with the script. You start to see, and in the early days, you know, you don't really have any idea. Um, and, and, and once you see the show, once, or once you've at least read a few more scripts and you can get a feel for what's going on, then you really start to feel who this guy must be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it slowly happens. And now, you know, it's so in my head who this person is, um, specifically when, you, when, it, when it came out and you got to see him and see how he looked and see uh, what his temperament was. Uh, see that he's, and you know, the, the writers have helped so much with that sure. in terms of they, they've, they've chosen voice actors and in particular me knowing my history, knowing what I'm kind of like. Uh, and they have put that into their writings because I know I can play it so well. So it's that kind of, uh, high, highly strung, um, but very quirky has a real history of, uh, <laughs> you know, I really like it when they do the historical episodes and I know they've done some of that in the comic books where you go back and you see what Quran's been like, what what he's been up to in his early days, you know, and he was Quran, you know, the gorgeous man, but also the gambling man <laughs> and things like that, you know, and you can just, that's what I love about it. And it's a love about the, the writing because they've really given this guy, um, you know, uh, a history yeah. and um, yeah, he, he looks after himself. Uh, he, I mean, he's got a muscular physique. He's, you know, I don't know how old he is. He, he seems to be at least my age, probably older. Yeah. But he's got beautiful hair. Let's not let's not forget that, of course, he's not human anyway. So, uh, <laughs> so he, you know, he he he. Uh, they have better they have better uh, physical uh, genetic makeup than we do, I think. Um, and and yet he he has a great sense of humour. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he, he stresses and shrieks and um, panics. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's not, he's not just, he's not annoying. Because on occasion, and this is a great thing for the writers, is that he, he saves the day. You know, he helps them to the point where, not just through his, his historical knowledge, but his, um, his physical prowess, whether it's, it's coming in at the last minute with the castle of lions and, and rescuing everyone or putting together the, you know, fixing the teledove at the last split second so they can shoot through the wormhole. So it's, it's really, it makes me happy that I'm not just kind of like the butler. Right. The, <laughs> right. You've, you've got a backstory. It could easily have been that way. Yeah. Cause yeah, cause in the original, you know, he was just uh, Allura's kind of Royal advisor. You know, I guess the guy that, helps put her coat on or something. But, yeah. I mean, it's important that he's more than that. Um, otherwise, he, then what's the point of him being there? Right. So it's it's cool. Yeah. And I feel like it's cool that I'm kind of the older one, too, as I probably am in real life. Yeah. Um, the voice because, of experience. Yeah, you need that guy. <laughs> yeah, and of he course is you the do. Absolute, <laughs> he's the connection to when they get to places. Like, he's probably been there before, and he's got... He's certainly got a few skeletons in his closet, which yeah. is what I love. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see that. 
Sorry. No, you you mentioned the writers. Are you guys allowed to ad lib at all, or is you just they they nope nope stick to the script? Yeah, not not much. Really, if any. I mean, yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't even sort of ask to. I mean, there's the odd bit you can kind of in, intonation of your voice, or you can. I I sometimes change sentences slightly, put a word at the wrong end, but mm-hmm. or a different end, I should say. But um, yeah, there's no. There's no improvising. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> so it just goes to show that they do know me so well because sometimes you could, you would swear that I've made some of that stuff up. Exactly. It just sounds like a couple of scenes. It you know, just sounds like you're just going off, and it's it's they just left it in. But no, it's all written. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, they may they may be they may be, and I've only seen the first three episodes of of season four. So okay. Um, I I I am I'm not up to speed yet. Cause <laughs> I, I watch it with my my kids. So. Yeah. Uh, I look forward to seeing. I'll know when there's a few sentences where I go, oh, yeah, that's, yeah I made that up. But yeah. There's not much of it. That's, you say you watch with your kids. That do they, Can can they see Karan, the character, or do they just see Dad? Oh, no, they totally see Karan. Really? Yeah, because they, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I have an 11-year-old and a 7-year-old, yeah. and the 11-year-old who's 11 going on 13, you know, tends to just watch YouTube and does his own thing, but... I sit with the seven-year-old, and and he's smart enough to know and seen me in various, you know, acting jobs to know that this that character is uh, is different to Dad. Yeah, it's, it's a version of Dad, but it's certainly um, uh, it's a, it's a heightened, energetically silly version of Dad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, how- it's way way smarter than Dad. And way smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, that might have answered my question because you know a lot of actors say that there's a little bit of themselves in all the characters that they play, and that makes a certain amount of sense. But what it's interest, what's more interesting to me is is the reverse. Like, how much of the characters that the uh, that you play become part of you after playing them? So, have you noticed any of Koran becoming who you are? Yeah, that's a good question because especially with these kind of characters that we do, you know, every week. I mean, we don't, I guess we don't work on them as much as you would do in a, in a right. uh, like a, a, a televised, like a real, whatever you call it, uh, live action scenario. Mm-hmm. Although with those, you tend to do like six weeks work and then you just, then you don't do it again for another, you know, 10 months or whatever. But this thing is, is constant. It's, it's, it's at least once a week, sometimes more. And, um, and I see it a lot, and I see it on social media so much, and there's so much fandom with this show that it's it's the biggest thing I've been involved in since Concords. And so it's great to be involved in something that has a universe, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you can't help but feel proud and also feel that he's influencing me in some ways in, in terms of uh, doing my best to make sure I always look good and, <laughs> uh, do, <laughs> and to kind of... And to have, yeah, and to be sort of be, be onto it because you know Karan is is switched on, and yeah. so even though he might seem like he's got a screw loose, yeah, he uh, he's or even if you know the way that they they um, put the animation together, you can see him always listening and always attentive and always thinking of ways that he can help solve the problems that they that they're involved in. So that's that's something that I think is a positive influence on me because I'm a little bit not like that. I'm more kind of a better way with the fairies or kind mm. of if that's a, if that's a term in America, but you know what I mean? Kind I know what like, you mean. Yeah. 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 Sort of like, uh, not, not a, certainly not switched on as him. So I, I think I've become a little bit more 
like that. I'd like to be more of a problem solver. Yeah. L- less of a less of an artist. <laughs> um, did did the um, did that fan reaction surprise you? Do you think that you were prepared for such a big um, uh, so much love to just come swarming at you because of the fan base? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had no no idea. I don't think any of us uh, knew, and some of the younger cast members who you know who'd never who would never even seen the original, um, you know, they you start to know about it. You know the name at the very late when it came when when I did the first audition and I saw that word Voltron, you automatically go, hang on, that's yeah, that's something that's that's familiar, and I think that was the that was the inkling that if this thing worked out, it was going to be big and i used to sort of say to my wife you know this could be like being part of the ninja turtle type situation mm-hmm. because it, it becomes a phenomenon and um yeah so it was a pleasant surprise not so much a surprise but certainly a pleasant uh turn of events to see that this thing came out so amazing i yeah. mean and then and then the fans you started off with the old fans the old guard as i like to call them who were, you know, used to watch the original and only remember it from when they used to watch it as kids. So they, they remember, you know, a little more than I did, but just more, yeah, there was robots and cool helmets. <laughs> um, and then you've got the new guard, and those guys were kind of like, oh, this isn't as good as the old one, or it's a bit too weird, or, you know, this Quran looks, he, he's nothing like the original. Who's this idiot? He's too and much of a gorgeous the, man. Yeah, he's too gorgeous. <laughs> exactly. And then you've got the new guard who just a massive anime fans or the kids who love love the show and a lot of girls too, which is so great. It's that's what's so great about the show. It's not it's not a it's not a boys show. It's yeah. it's for everyone. It is. Yeah. And I remember growing up that a lot of those cartoons, you know, it was mainly like He Man and, and Thundercats. It felt like it felt like they were pushed towards boys. But this one, because stylistically and because of the, the um, because of uh, the, you know the heroes in it are, are female as well as male, um, and then you've got gorgeous Koran, obviously. <laughs> uh, that I think there's something for everyone. Oh um, sure. And it's this, yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I'm really I'm really proud to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, my my daughter loves it. She loves it probably more than I do, <laughs> which is she was so excited when season four came out. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing to see that it really. I mean, it's it's nice to see shows that are not aimed at one gender over another, and that they're just good stories for for kids. You know, that's exactly it. And that, that's why this is this is why this is a hit because yeah. it's so modern to that aspect, and it's and there are shows that come out now that are. Have gone the other way, and they're, and they're showing so strongly for the female side of things because we're in a living in a world now where that's you know that's the way things are going. Yeah. But for this show to be exactly fifty fifty, I think it's really it's really healthy. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 I've got I've got some nieces who, you know, are into cosplay, and there's there's actually more definitely more girls than boys that are doing the cosplay, dressing up mm-hmm. as these characters, and uh, yeah, it's 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 cool. Yeah, that's got to be very cool to see. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's quite a few very uh, the amount of detail they go to, but I've seen quite a few female Korans um, with with <laughs> <It's> amazing <laughs> online. Yeah, it's really freaky. <laughs> um, Voltron. It's hey, a- I'm so sorry to jump in here. I yeah. just want to let you know we have time for one more question. Sure, no problem. Thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Voltron is very much a show about the connections between people and between characters. I'm wondering, from your perspective, whether there's one relationship that speaks to you more than the others. In the show? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think, um, I mean, the, the relationship that I go to first is the one between uh, Karan and Allura because mm-hmm. it's they are the only two left of their kind and so there's that element where it's not just like fatherly or protective love that he has over her it's that kind of it's us we're you know if, if we're gone then then uh there's no Altaians left and so that that sort of it's something we can't even really imagine here on earth but if you look at endangered species and uh you know there's only eight i think white rhinos left in zambia and it's that that's the closest you can get (laughs) no we're not like rhinos but if you imagine that kind of uh depletion of of uh of a species it's uh it's, it's a really really tight connection and i think um i there's been a few scenes i've been able to go quite emotional when you know, she decides to step up and, and, and be more than just the princess, which I can handle because I can look after her. But when she jumps in a lion and takes off, it's like, yeah. well, please don't die, you know. And, and, <laughs> and I, can, I, I feel that when I'm in the booth and I look at across at Kimberly and she's doing that kind of stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, it's worrying. I know, I know she won't because, you know, she's, she's one of the big heroes, and but it's still, it's still, it's still nerve-wracking. Mm. That's, that's, I, I, can, I can see that Fanta- Reese, thank you so much for your time this has been phenomenal oh no worries, thank you, nice talking to you and the same here, thank you so much okay so Reese, the interview with Reese and Jamie are over, is over I'm, I'm the worst with English <laughs> it's okay, so you're, you're Canadian how it's am okay. I on a podcast yeah, so I'll, that's, what I'll, that's what I'll blame it on from now on why, Will, why don't you introduce who our next guest is yeah. So, um, yeah, next up, we we interviewed Bex, Taylor Klaus together, um, talked about some awesome stuff that happens in season four and a Bayard that I gave her. That's true. Oh, you have to talk about that. Well, so what's up with that? Uh, I, I made her a, a Pidge Bayard and I gave it to her at San Diego Comic-Con this past year, uh, this past summer. And um, we asked her about it on, on the interview and she said she tried to use it, but it didn't work in real life. Yeah. Which is disappointing. I think, Jamie, you told her she had to try oh. to unlock it. Mm-hmm. Um, I should say, though, that it, she wasn't trying hard enough. <laughs> you didn't just make a Pidge Bayard. You've made a Bayard for every member of the cast, right? Uh, almost. I'm getting there. I've I, I made one for Tyler, for Bex, um, and one for uh, Lauren, Joaquim, and Tim. So okay. some of the crew, some of the cast. Ah. So Bex, here we go. Hit voice of Pidge. I am going to start probably where uh, a lot of people have started, so forgive me. But what was your first exposure to Voltron? When did you first become aware of it as a thing? <laughs> I um, I remember. I'm pretty sure my dad had an old toy, and I, I never really was as exposed to it as a child as I think I wish I'd been. Um, and at the same time, I've gone back. And I gotta say, I like the our version better. I know I'm biased, but I think we're awesome. 
it's not a fair comparison. Is, is, is that a fair fight, though? Um, um, no, not at all. But still, yeah, my, my first real exposure was going in and, and, and auditioning and meeting the new characters. Yeah, and I guess you were, were you blown away right away, or did, was it a hard sell for you? Oh, not a hard sell at all. It was awesome. When you um, when you take over a new character, whether it's Pidge or if it's anybody, um, how, what what do you do? Like, is, do you have a certain sort of routine to get in that headspace to to sort of become that character? Do you have a certain way of sitting? Do you have a certain way of breathing? Or is it just you just sit down and read the words and and that that character just comes to you? Um, that, honestly, Pidge reminds me a little bit of my little sister in terms of just the intelligence quotient and the scientific jargon that she can spew out rapid fire reminds me of my little sister so i i just read the words that they give me because honestly every word that pidge says is writing character so it's really easy to get in character when i'm reading it really um if you talk about the words that are written and and you know the writers on the show they're doing an, an amazing job of of telling the story but and i don't know how much input you guys have with that i know that you're not allowed to do a whole lot of ad-libbing but um if you're if you were like allowed to be in the writer's room where do you think you would take pitch um hmm. i would take her on an epic journey into deep space oh wait she just did that to find her brother my bad um I just I love when Pidge goes on epic journeys into deep space and meets these, you know, sort of seedy characters and can hold her own. I think that's one of my favorite things that Pidge gets to do. Speaking of uh, this show being better than the old one, which I agree with, um, I just want to <laughs> say that that I I cried twice in that episode, uh, and I think you really? know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I did because it was just heart wrenching, and you did an amazing job. Um, yeah, I, how how emotional was that episode for you? Oh man, Andrea Romano pulled some stuff out of me. I did not even know was in there. She is an amazing director, and that was the I, doing AER to that animation just enhanced. I think enhanced any performance I could have given. Um, so that was, I mean, just it was a combination of all things falling into place that I think made it as powerful as it was. Does that make any sense out loud? It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you you say you're the the character reminds you a lot of your sister and that's when you you know when you sit down to read the words and, and assume that role that that's who you have in mind. But is any of Pidge becoming part of you? Like I mean are you assuming are you becoming more of that character the longer you play her? I think that we're kind of we have the ability to meet in the middle. As, as she gets farther and, and grows more within the show, she, she and I feel like we merge a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely not anywhere near as, in, as intelligent as, as, as this little twerp is, but I, I like to think I could hold my own. <laughs> Maybe follow along with a lot of subtitles and footnotes. There you go. <laughs> um, have you Have you been surprised at all with the fan reaction i mean it, it's a it was an existing property it was very popular in the 80s but then it sort of disappeared for a long time so you know coming into it and rebooting it and, and starting fresh i'm sure there was a little bit of anxiety about whether or not this was going to succeed but have you been like have you been surprised at all with the reactions that you've been getting at like comic-con or online um yes 
some some reactions are a little terrifying, and they love this show, and it is is creating content for people to have emotions about, positive or negative. At the end of the day, it's it's just all about it's all about emotion. Yeah, have you? Um, that's what I get from the fans more than anything else. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm hoping that most of the reactions that you, or not reactions, the um, interactions that you've had with fans have been positive ones, though. Because um, I know that there is just... They have. There's there's, so, I, I love fan art and, and little fan canon, head cannons and whatnot. And I, I love scrolling through Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, all these things, just kind of checking out what people are saying. And for the most part, it is just phenomenal people people love it as as they should i like to think that we're you know giving them great content to devour and boy are they devouring it's um, wonderful yeah uh will i know you want to chime in about about that fan aspect so why don't you say some what you wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know if you remember bex but i i interviewed you at the press conference roundtables at san diego so i was just wondering how your bay art oh, hey. is doing i the, uh, love it I tried to use it as, like, for real the other day to zap my my best friend when she was annoying me, and it didn't work, but we're getting there. <laughs> keep keep oh, working at it. He's, he's... Thank you again, man. No, I will. Oh, uh, no. My pleasure. He's a little shy. <laughs> he's included a little bit of magic in there. You just got to find the right button, and then it'll come alive. That's the one. I will work on it. <laughs> Do you have, I mean, I'm sure people, you know, other fans have given you stuff, but do you have any of the official, like, toys or, or, or merchandise or anything like that? I do. I have the full Voltron, like the big one with all the different separate lines like mine. I have a small one that shoots the green lion head. I have an, a pack figure from of the original old Voltron. And then, for the most part, I just have a lot of... of fan toys and um, gifts fans have given me. I'm actually playing with one of those little sprouts that Pidge Pass players like to wear oh, as, yeah. as we're talking. <laughs> Where do you keep it all? I mean, I'm sure you're running out of space. I have a container in my apartment and um, several. Uh, so, you know those space caterpillars from season two? Sure. When Pidge was in the, space, in the trash nebula? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call them murder flukes, and <laughs> I have several at this point because fans know that I love them and keep sending them to me. So I have them hidden in various places throughout my apartment. I've got a Voltron, a Pidge doll that someone made me, and a place of honor. I've got the helmet hidden somewhere. So you gotta like you'll open something, you go ah, it's a helmet. Okay, I just like to be creative with where I put things. I mean. I don't want to be a downer, but eventually the show is going to end and you're going to move on to something else. And it probably, my guess, is going to be... I dare you. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I mean, we're talking like 10, 15 <laughs> years from now. So, like, really. But <laughs> eventually you're going to move on to something else. And my guess is that it probably won't have the obsessive fans that, that something like Voltron does. Do you think it's going to be something you miss? This, this interaction with the fans and they just give you stuff because they love the character so much. I, and it's not because I like it when people give me things. It's because I like it when people care enough about a character and a show to take time and effort and energy and creativity and create things. I, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I, 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 I don't want that to ever end because it's, it's 
the greatest form of flattery when you when when you're part of something that inspires so many other people to do so many creative things. Yeah. Um you know, at its heart, Voltron, I think, is a show about the characters. Um, and, I mean, the, 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 the grand space adventures that they're having is sort of secondary to the relationships between those core characters. And I think each pairing has its own very unique quality and unique um, meaning. But I'm wondering, from your perspective, uh, is there one relationship on the show that speaks to you more than others? The one relationship on the show that speaks to me more than others. Um, this is where we get into like shipping territory, and that's one thing. It's like <laughs> I'll say something and people get mad. We won't hold you to it. <laughs> I promise. Heard of this question? <laughs> um, I think that honestly, I think that Pidge and Keith are an underrated friendship. Yeah. Yeah. You. So you. You want? I wanna... think that they have a great little. I think they have a great little friendship bond, and and I think it's totally underrated. So we need to see more of that. We need to see that 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 relationship explored some more. Yes. <laughs> um, I asked you earlier about um, where you'd like to see Pidge go, but where do you want to see the show go in you know season five and beyond? Um. Oh, that question. I want to see. I want to see more interesting. Oh my god! I I, I want to see so many things, but I can't because all of it is just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that what I really want to see is I want I want to see you know the usual what we've been doing. Just keep keep doing it character development crazy amazing villains crazy amazing battles really really cool allies who show up i mean the bebo bees are awesome we need more bebo bees in life yeah that should be on a t-shirt i think right there (laughs) we need more bebo bees yes (laughs) oh i know uh we (laughs) we (laughs) i love it um We've run out of time, unfortunately, and sadly. So thank you so much for your time. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bex. It was a blast. Thanks, guys. All right, the second interview is done. Who do we have up next? Finally, not the last. Last, but not least. Yeah, Blake Anderson, (laughs) who uh, I guess was a surprise to me that he had been on the show as as Matt, you know, because Matt had appeared in a few little scenes like flashbacks and whatnot in earlier seasons. And that was still him then. So he officially joined the show this season when, um, you know, spoiler alert, they, they, he, he shows up again. Um, and, uh, I know you really no point in watching now, right? No, I'm not watching anymore. <laughs> oh, please. You weren't going to watch anyway. You're not my friend anymore. <laughs> We're going to go play that last clip for you right now. Hope you enjoy. What was your first exposure to Voltron? And when did you sort of first become aware of it as a, as a thing that was out there? Oh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm an 80s baby. So I definitely uh, felt the wave back in the day for sure. Um, you know, Voltron 
Voltron toys have been around me since I was a young buck, so uh, I was very aware of the legacy for sure. Yeah. Did you did you actually watch it when you were a kid in the eighties? Because it was sort of it was on the air, and if you had missed it, you missed it, and then it disappeared for a long time. You know, I was kind of more like the GI Joe Ninja Turtle kid. Uh, I, like I said, I mean, I I specifically remember having a Voltron robot toy in my toy box, so it, yeah, it just it just happened to seep in. But I didn't really get into the series, but I. I definitely knew that it was awesome, and the you know, yeah, I saw the art and stuff in the actual cartoon, and it, it it's always been really cool. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I uh, I I was the same way. I was like you know, He Man, Transformers, GI Joe fan, and I was aware of Voltron as a thing that was there, and I knew what it was. You know, lions combining, very cool, but I never really watched it. And then mm-hmm. it's sort of like it disappeared, mm-hmm. and and now you know it's coming back now, obviously because of because of your show. But um, it, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's it's very strange that kids today have no idea what it was like for us when, like, literally, if you miss something on TV, that was it. It was gone. Like there was no YouTube. There was no. It might not get rerun for a while. Like it was just you had to hear about it at the playground from all the other kids who got to see it. You know, and that's just something they don't understand now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, they don't realize, like, I remember, like, the struggle of, like, going on eBay and buying, like, the G.I. Joe VHSs, like, of people's, like, home recordings, because you just did not have a way to watch these cartoons, because they weren't even dropping the DVDs yet. Yeah. And it's like, anything, anything you could do to re-watch these things from your childhood, you, you, you know, it, any price you pay. Absolutely. But now, you know, with with, with Netflix and, and, and all that, it, it really helps in reliving this. Like, I've been re-watching, like, old He-Man and stuff. Like, it's so dope. It holds up. Do you think so? I was going to ask you that. Do you really think it holds up? Oh, so, like, I... Because I was, like, really young when, like, He-Man was cracking, but, like, watching it with an adult eye, that is one of the weirdest shows I've ever watched. It totally I is. Truly, I truly <laughs> love it. It's so bizarre. It's like really a magical thing. Like I have been telling everybody to watch it. It's so crazy. Yeah, I I recently so, uh, sorry, well, I, real quickly on He-Man and then we'll go back to Voltron, but I recently restarted watching He-Man again yeah. too. I wanted to introduce my son to it. So we started watching it and like I I don't know how well it holds up, but one thing that came through loud and clear is my god, this was a show just to sell toys. But it was so weird and so cool at the same time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, it is it is bizarre. There's nothing like it. Nothing. <laughs> Sorry, Will, go I, ahead. Oh, uh, it's okay. I was just gonna ask. So so having known about Voltron going in, did you were you already watching the new show before they reached out to you or I mean, before you auditioned for the part? No, because I I think I had like a I had a like a few lines here and there in the first season. So I, I I've pretty much been lingering in the in the background the whole time. It's just you know now with season four, I'm actually you know finally getting to like dive in and develop the character, which I'm um you know super stoked on. I've pretty much been on this ship since the beginning. That's um. <laughs> When you when you play characters, you know whether you play them for you know several years on a show or you just come in for you know a one off or something. Um, how much of those characters linger? Like how much of the like who they are and who you have to play? How much of that becomes 
who you are, and then you take it to the next role, and then one after that? Well, uh, I don't know. Well, I, I guess, like, with Matt, like, now that I'm actually getting to die, because in the beginning, I was kind of just like these flashbacks, and, you know, just like a, just like basically a nerd, a little bookworm or whatever, <laughs> but now I'm actually, like, developing the character, I'm definitely, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely more fulfilling and I can actually, like, take some, some stuff away from it, but. For the most part, me as a person and this character Matt are are really pretty different. I was actually pretty surprised when they cast me as like the smart dude who says big words because I'm <laughs> the opposite of that. But I think what I'm learning is I have a naturally like nerdy voice, and I'm growing to accept that. So <laughs> thanks, Matt, for giving me embrace my 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 nerdy nasally voice. I love it. Just embrace it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's funny because yeah. we just talked to Bex and she kind of said the same thing about herself. Not like she doesn't consider herself the nerdy type. Um, but yeah. that episode, the reunion episode, it was a pretty emotional episode. I know for me as a viewer, and and Bex said the same thing. How was that episode for you? Just the whole reunion thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like it was something that I had been really looking forward to. Do you know it was the driving force for both our characters for so long? So it was long awaited, and you know, with like voice acting, there's just so often like everybody's schedules are so chaotic, and it's just you like you know crying into a microphone or whatever, pretending to get punched in the face over and over into a microphone. <laughs> but then uh, that it lined up that you know that was like. On the day we recorded that episode, it was like the day Bex and I actually like met each other and got to be in the booth together. And I think that's why people are kind of responding to that emotion in the scene is because it was almost like we we had always known we were brothers and sisters, but we were never really seeing each other. And that was the day we actually got to hang out and meet each other in real life. So I think. I think some of that uh, emotion actually kind of transferred over into that episode. That's awesome. How much, um, you know, like you were saying, this has sort of been long awaited for you and you, you know, you appreciating the opportunity to dive into the character and flesh him out. How much input do you have in, with the character? Like, do you guys sit around with the writers and, and spitball ideas at all? Or is it, it just comes to you and you're along for the ride? Yeah, really in this, whole project which, which unlike other stuff because you know I, I'm rather creative person I'd say and mm-hmm. I'm like used to like you know creating my product but this I'm just kind of like a hired gun so for me when I get to work and I see the script it's like yeah it's kind of just exciting to like crack it open and see yeah what's going on you know and, yeah. Um, yeah it's just it's just been fun to be along for the ride is that um I guess is that frustrating for you because because you know, like you said you're creative and you've you've worked on other projects that you've had more creative control and this one is sort of just you're there for the voice. Um, is that frustrating for you? Like or or is it freeing? You're like, well, I, this is just a really cool job and I don't really have to think too much. I mean, it's a little bit of both. Yeah, like, for sure. Like you know, you can just kind of like you roll out of bed, get your coffee and go to work and not have to think of much other than that but also there's something about like 
creating a show and creating a character where you just really know emotionally where they're coming from and where they're going. And that really helps with, with performing. So it's just like in that aspect, it's a little bit harder because I got to really read those pages and I like kind of do my homework and, and figure out where this character is coming from. Cause it's not something that is birthed from my brain. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been you've been involved in the show, like you said, from the beginning, but you've been sort of watching from the sidelines for a little bit. You haven't been in the big Comic-Con panels or the, the you know, the um, anything like that. Have you been, you know, watching it from a distance and now getting involved in it a little bit more deeply? Have you been surprised at the fan reaction or, or did you, you know, as a kid from the 80s, you kind of knew that this was going to happen? Well, it's really like it's really starting to happen like now as we speak, like up until season four, I've just heard like these, you know, you get tagged in posts like, you know, here and there. And it was always like people who are really watching the show, like deep references, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, the past, like, you know, ever since season four has come out, I've seen a huge increase in fans, fans response. And it's, it's been cool. You know, I'm still learning it. I'm still learning like who these fans are cause I'm kind of new to it. But so far people seem, uh, pretty, pretty happy with what I've done. So, you know, I'm just trying to keep everybody happy. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> it's an admirable goal. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't, I don't need any, uh, lunatic, uh, Voltron fanatics kicking down my door. Like why? <laughs> <laughs> you get it's enough of that on, to the whole name. You get enough of that on Twitter, I'm sure, right? Yeah, no, everybody's been really nice to me so far, so we're good. all good. Good. Hopefully it'll stay that way. Um I wanted to ask you yeah. about the characters on the show. Voltron, um, you know, I think for the most part the the big space opera epic that it's telling sort of takes a backseat sometimes to the characters and their relationships. Um, you know, but as a viewer and now, you know, a part of the, the, you know, the cast that's, that's becoming more enmeshed in, in that core group. I'm wondering if what, from your perspective, is there one relationship between the characters that you think, um, really speaks to you more than the others or, or that you'd like to see more developed because you think it's so important? Well, I guess I'm biased, but I, I, with everything, with like, you know, the whole whole family drama, I feel like it is such like a deep and like personal storyline. I feel like I got really lucky in being like, you know, at the at the center of that because I just think there's a lot to be mined with like, you know, uh, Matt and Pidge, and then like the question about like, you know, the next obvious question is like, what about Dad? Is there a chance that? You know, he's still out there. So I think it's just, yeah, it's cool because you have that backdrop of this intergalactic war and all that. But, like, we have this super rooted, like, family, like, pretty pretty heavy stuff that that's, you know, just juicy stuff and fun to explore. Um. Well, did you want to ask your, your, your question uh, that you've, you're yeah, burning to yeah, know the yeah, answer? Yeah, real quick. <laughs> so... If Matt was a paladin and had a Bayard, what color would you want it to be and what weapon would you want it to turn into? Dang. <laughs> like, I was saying maybe, like, 
like, because, like, I was pretty hyped on green, but if I could be, like, a subsidiary of that, or, like, a seafoam green, Ooh. I would be, like, super hyped. Just, like, send in the seafoam. I know it doesn't sound super intimidating, <laughs> but guess what? I turn into a freaking, like, double-sided battle axe. So, you know, you laugh at my seafoam, but I'm, I'm coming in heavy, heavy ballistics. Ah, I love it. Seafoam nice. C- lion attack with the the double battle axe. That's amazing. There we go. I love it. I love it. There you go. Blake, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. Fantastic interviews, guys. I love these formats. We've done this for the last couple of weeks. We've had episodes where we kind of drop in and out of different conversations. It's kind of cool to get the perspective where they're not all together at the same time. So you're not like getting talking over each other which is can, can get confusing at points. So I really like, you know, I really like the style. It's really neat. What did you think about the style listeners at home? Why don't you tweet us and let us know a who interaction and leave us an iTunes, I, leave us an podcast. iTunes review because uh, we like those and they help other people find the show too. So go on iTunes, look exactly. us up. Um, and, and, or if you don't use iTunes, if you're an Apple hater, um, however you get our show and however you subscribe to our show, leave us a review there. Even if it's just, you know, dropping in stars, you don't have to write a review. That's fine. You know, just let other people know that we're awesome or not awesome. I don't know. Right. Whatever. Cause we're talking about Mr. Dress up. A little. He dresses up in costumes from his tickle trunk. He kind of is an original cosplayer, if you will. You think about I, it. I gotta go it. check this out. Yeah, do not own this. Will you gotta at go all. see him? No, um, a man, Miss, Mr. <laughs> tickle with a tickle trunk. No, Mr. Dress up with a tickle trunk. No, no. <laughs> so I don't know if we've talked about this before, though. But about Will and what you do with cosplay, have we talked about that on the show before? Um, I don't think so. I mean, he just did at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, we haven't gone into detail. Uh, no, really. so we'll tell people where they can Did find we? you and where they can buy your cool sh- stuff. Oh, sure. Um, the easiest thing is to go to BillyTheBrickCosplay.com, <laughs> and there's links to my Etsy store, my Patreon, my Facebook, my Twitter. But I'm at BillyTheBrick pretty much everywhere, um, except for on Facebook, it's at BillyTheBrickCosplay. But I have all the good things. Awesome, and he... And he makes awesome stuff. Like, you got, seriously got to go check it out. I was impressed. And th- I don't impress easily. You know, Mr. Dressup Thanks, impresses guys. me. So that's a high Yeah, measure. I know, right? Mr. Dressup <laughs> impresses him. Um, but Voltron doesn't. So the fact that he likes Will's stuff, I'm thinking he's saying that maybe your, your cosplay belongs in the tickle trunk. <laughs> Did Mr. Dressup ever do Loki? Well, he did go. not, well, unfortunately. did he ever do <laughs> Loki? I mean, really? We don't oh, know. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, we're, we're crossing the Canadian line here. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for coming back every single week. I'm Justin at 140 Justin C, which, by the way, Twitter just made irrelevant with the new character count. I'm not <laughs> going to talk about that because I'm still angry. And Jamie is... I'm Jamie at the Roarbots. And we're the Great Big Beautiful Podcast at the GBB Podcast. You've already heard who Will is, so <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> we will see you next time right here on the show, on the Great Big Beautiful Take Podcast. Care. This podcast has been a production of the Geek Dad Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash geekdad.